Good day, everybody. This is Latara with Graveyard to Greatness. Today is November the 1st, 2018, and it is a beautiful time to be alive. Today, I want to spend some time talking about what is sin and where does it come from? You might be asking yourself this question or you might have thought about it in times past. Who knows? But I'm going to shed a little bit of light of what, you know, came to me about the situation. We read over in the book of Genesis about the fall of man and that because they ate of the fruit of good and evil, that man is going to die, you know. And so now we have preachers preaching today and teaching that uh, uh, fear, you know, everybody is afraid to die and um, afraid to go to hell and all of this other stuff, you know, that man has um, put out there. And so instead of the Bible uh, being a book of inspiration is a book of um, fear and degradation and control and manipulation it isn't anything in which you know spirit you know sent it forth to be and it's amazing to me and so today we have preachers or people I'm not just gonna say preachers I'm not trying to beat them down but we have people that you know preach and teach you have family members you know that'll look at you sideways and twist it because you don't believe like they do or act and look like they do in their quote unquote spiritual capacity. You know, I didn't know spirituality had a look to it because even, you know, no two snowflakes look the same. No two ice cubes that are frozen. Of course they frozen. They are identical. No two twins that are identical twins born in the same, from the same sack are identical. They each have their own unique fingerprint, their own unique speech, their own unique walk. They have different skin tone and and different textures of hair. So nothing is the same. So I'm not understanding this whole mentality of you got that spirituality or uh, salvation has a look and it needs to be this way or that way, or you're not this, you're not that, you know, it's, it's funny, but that's the mindset of people. But anyway, so we see in the book of Genesis chapter three, where Adams, cause it was, their names were Adams, not Adam and Eve, it's Adams. Eve didn't come about into Genesis chapter five. So both Adams, male and female aspects, which represents the conscious and subconscious mind, which represents carnality and spirituality because we're dealing with polarities here, just like you have up and down, east and west, north and south, cold and hot. So that's what we're dealing with right here. But Adams, they went and ate of the fruit of the tree of good and evil and their eyes were open in other words they became enlightened to the things of this world but man teaches it that this was the fall of man and uh kind and ultimate thing here is death no the ultimate thing there was man to for man to learn how to live 
spiritually in a physical body on planet earth. And so that was a setting in which had to take place. It took place in the garden of Eden. In other words, it took place. Eden isn't a physical place. That's why no one has found it. Eden is actually the mind. It's, it's, it's the, it's a faculty of the mind. It is a place where everything is blissful. It's a place where everything is in order. Actually, it's your spiritual mindset. Everything is right. You know, in the kernel mind, we do things that are, uh, opposite of our spiritual mentality. So, then we begin to experience things in our flesh that will begin to affect that kernel mind, that psyche of the kernel body. So for me, when I think about sin, it takes me back centuries and, and, and I begin to say, you know, sin was an idea in the mind of someone based upon the very thing that they experienced in their flesh that didn't line up with what they felt within themselves. So they called it or deemed it as sin. But it's interesting to me in the book of uh, Genesis in chapter three, that even when Adam ate of the fruit of the tree, you know, spirit wasn't upset about the experience of the eyes being open as much as it was that they said they wouldn't hid themselves because they were naked. And that reminds me, if you think about it, whenever you do something in your flesh that, you know, doesn't feel right, you don't, you want to cover it up. You don't want nobody to know what you've done. You don't want nobody else to experience that feeling. That's your first nature, which is your spiritual nature, is that you don't want nobody uh, to know how it felt. But yet, and still that kernel side of you saying you need to tell somebody about this so they want this, this, that, and the other. So then you go and spread your experience as something so negative that is going to be negative to some, for somebody else. And that's not necessarily the truth. We come into the earth realm to experience things. And the things that we experience is what's going to cause us to evolve in our spirituality. We have to turn back to the, return back to the source in which we come from. And we do it through the experiences, through this avenue called flesh or this avatar that we live in. And we experience things by the five senses. The spirit doesn't have any senses. It doesn't have any uh, a feeling. It 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 doesn't it it doesn't taste. It doesn't hear. It so to speak. It it doesn't operate on the same levels of 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 the senses that the flesh does. It has its own set that it operates on. But nonetheless, what we do is like from our childhood, from the time we are birthed into this world, our parents are the first ones that begin to t- uh, tell us or teach us. Uh, or program us, shall I say, what is right and what is wrong. And this is how you do this and this is how you do that. And some of it, you know, we hold on to it because it works. But not everything that they teach us or programmed us with is necessarily right for us. And that's when the scripture talks about working out your own soul self-salvation. Not that 
um, of someone else's that they project upon you. Um, it's amazing to me that even in the churches, they'll look at quote unquote one sin as being different from another sin. When if there's sin, then sin is sin and it's something quote unquote experienced throughout the body. So it's an experience that you're going through. It's not necessarily something bad or something that is good. It's just an experience. And if we can learn to look at these things that we experience as nothing but experiences, then we won't hold our mind in hostage. We won't become depressed. We won't fall in underneath the avenue of uh low self-esteem and 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 belittling ourselves and dealing with self-hatred we won't drop down into the thing of what we call schizophrenia or uh bipolarism because you know even when you think about bipolarism it's 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 the war between the kernel man and the spirit man and that body, that person's mind doesn't know where it wants to operate from. And so it's fighting itself, you know, it's, it, but I'm not a psychologist or anything, but I'm just saying from my mindset, when I look at it, that's what it is. It's the flesh man and the spirit man fighting themselves and, uh, having some issues there. But if you get that mind right, then everything will come subject. But once again, we rely on what somebody else tells us to be true, to be the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help you God or spirit. But then you have to ask yourself, is what they're telling me sin is because I go and do this. I drink that this is a sin. When the scriptures even say, hey, you can go and drink. It said, don't get drunk. So that means when you got to look up the definition or the understanding of the word drunk, what does that mean to you look it up yourself? And and then you you uh, it tells you you can do everything, but do it in moderations. It tells you you can drink wine, you can um, go and have a strong drink, you know, it, it all of this. But man is the one who changes the word, the perception of the word and passes it along to you. Your mind is a place that is a womb at the same time. And if you have an egg that is unfertilized and someone comes to tell you about their experience that they call sin, then your mind, that egg in your mind is going to be impregnated if you allow them to release it within you. And now you'll carry that pregnancy to term until it manifests in your life and you'll be sitting up there saying, oh, I have sinned. I have let God down. I failed God. Oh, God doesn't love me anymore. Oh, this, that, and the other. When that's not at all true. Spirit loves its creation. It has never separated itself from its creation. As a matter of fact, it indwells in its creation. It even says even in, in, in the Bible that 
If you make your bed in hell, lo, I am with you. Hell is a, also an idea of the mind. It's a place that you sink so low into. If you go back and study these words, um, hell and, and sin and uh, all of these things in the original language, you will find out that it wasn't a physical place. It was just a place where the mind had sunken down in two and they deemed it as that. Even when it, when people say, oh, you're going to burn in hell in the lake of fire. Well, think of this. Let me drop this one on you. Have you ever been so angry at someone that your whole body got hot? It just heated up, just heat from the anger that you felt. You got to remember, you are an electrical box. You have electricity running through your entire being. It could even, you can light a, a small, you can uh, light up a small uh, bulb in your hand. That's how much power is in your body. So when those uh, feelings are being heightened at their highest peak, the body gets overheated. So you, you do the study and go back and, and look at it. You'll see the body gets overheated and it becomes hot. So back in the day when those things would happen, that's what they were speaking of. And that's why they called it hell. But it's not the hell that people want to paint today. You got to learn to think for yourself. You got to learn to... Um, Work on your own quote unquote salvation and look up what is salvation. It, it, it what needs to be saved, you know, and saved from what? Am I being saved, you know, after the flesh? Because the flesh profit is the man, nothing. Everything we do is, is a spiritual act, it's about a spiritual about spirituality, bringing us back to our true self. We're, we're not in our true self when we're uh, operating in the flesh. It's just a, a reflection of the inner man, not the inner man itself. It is trying to evolve back into what it's supposed to be while operating in this earth realm. And, you know, that's when you look at Jesus. Jesus was... Uh, a prime example of a spirit man in a body, a human body walking the earth and uh, he remained true to his spiritual self. But it wouldn't, he wouldn't ascend until he had mastered the flesh, meaning the flesh no longer ruled his mind. And his mind represents his creative power. When you can't think for yourself, you have no power. Somebody else has your power. And when you start, when they start telling you about this is a sin and that is a sin and this and that, and you start buying into all of that, then you give up your self-creative power. You give up that which spirit gave to you, that image and that likeness. And now you're taking on uh, the image and likeness of the person um, and their experience of their own life. You're embracing that and you're becoming impregnated and carrying their baby. That's not your baby. That's their baby. And until you can free yourself, free your mind, you will always walk in the shadows of another man. You will always sit in the background of another person. You will always ride in the passenger seat, never be in the driver. You will never be the conductor of, the, of your train. You will never be the pilot of your uh, plane. 
you will be the conductor of your train rather. You'll never be the conductor of your train. Why? Because you are allowing someone else to drive your life. A plane, a car, a bus, a train, all of those represent the you and the way you drive your life. You always supposed to be in control of your very own life, not someone else. And if you're going to church and I'm not against going to church, I'm not against uh, any religion, but what I am against is the fear that a lot of religions uh, spit out today, that they regurgitate and they keep people in bondage mentally. And when you talk about spiritual witchcraft, that alone is spiritual witchcraft. If you put in fear upon someone, how can you tell someone that the creator loves them beyond everything and, and, and created them beautifully and perfectly. And then the next moment you don't do this spirit going to kill you and send you to hell and you're going to burn. What kind of, uh, of, of creator would you, is that? And why would you want to be associated with such a creator? You know, I'm reminded of, of Moses when, when spirit brought the children of Israel out of Egypt in the wilderness and they were doing some things and, uh, quote unquote, doing some things and spirit was like, he was going to kill them. Moses said, now, why would you kill them after you then brought them out? What? then will the people around you think of you as being their God? Hmm? So think about that. So you mean to tell me that spirit created us, brought us into this earth realm, gave us a free will to choose what we want to experience without its interference, but there are spiritual laws which are cause and effect in operation that will keep us in check it automatically because they just are there, but you can choose to do whatever you want to. And spirit isn't going to judge you by it. The thing itself will judge you based on how you feel after you have experienced it. But spirit going to create you to do all that, give you the free will and then turn around and say, Oh, but if you do this, I'm gonna kill you. Then you don't have free will. So either we have free will or we don't, or either spirit is correct in saying that we do have free will and we have people who are teaching and preaching that are lying because they don't understand the scriptures in which they have perhaps gone to theology school to learn. So you mean to tell me out of all this learning that you then went and got from man that now you want to brush it on me that I should embrace it as truth? When spirit resides in me, because spirit said that, as we know, that uh, it dwells on in us. We are the temple. We are the body. So if it's living in me, you mean to tell me that I can't go to spirit, but that I'm supposed to sit to you, sit here and listen to you tell me what this is? It also takes me back, and I'm thinking of the scripture that says... Um, that man can only teach you so much. And after that, that spirit will come and teach you, lead and guide you and bring you into all truth and bring back to your remembrance everything that it spoke to you before the foundations of the world were framed. Wait a minute. So it's going to bring back to my, my memory? Yes. It's going to cause you to remember, well, then who I need to be talking to is spirit. Because what you want me to believe, I can't believe. 
not about myself. I'm here to experience. Some people, they might not, you know, they might not like what I'm saying right here. They might not agree with it. And that's fine. I'm not trying to get you to believe like me, think like me, or even talk like me. But what I am trying to get you to do is think for yourself. Your whole life, you have been taught what to think. You have not been taught how to think. Some of us have been told because we grew up in the church or we have uh, parents that are grew up in the church or are still a part of the church or any religious sect for that matter that will tell us uh, how we, I mean, uh, what we are to think. This is how you please God and this is how you do this and this is how you do that. Well, I can tell you from reading over there in the Old Testament, None of the prophets did their uh, prophesying or none of the, the matriarchs did what they did the same. Each one of them had their own expression of spirit through them just as they were. So now I'm supposed to look like you. I'm supposed to quote unquote dance and shout and flip and roll around because this shows that this is spirituality. No. That's emotions of the flesh. And I will not allow my flesh to dictate my life. My life is not kernel. My life is spiritual. And that's why, I, why I'm in the earth realm. That's why you're in the earth realm. So sin is an idea in the mind of an individual that they hold or that they pass along to somebody else that is their experience about a thing. And where does it come from? Somebody else. Just think about it. If you were never told that uh, it's wrong to quote unquote cuss, but these were nothing but words, then would you look at it as a sin? First of all, sin starts in the mind, in the mind of somebody else, in your mind as well. It starts in the mind. So it's a mental act long before it will quote unquote ever become an act of the flesh. But remember, whatever you create in heaven, you're going to also bring it down into earth, earth representing that body. Whatever you loose in heaven, you're going to loose in earth. Earth is that body. Heaven is that mind. The mind is your heaven. So you can have heaven here on earth or hell here on earth. It just depends on how you want to think. It just depends on your mindset. It just depends on your perception of things or the lack thereof. It depends on what you believe is true for you. So that is my topic, short topic for what is sin and where does it come from and how does it start 
We'll talk a little bit more about this, but until then, may your day be full. May you find the risen Savior within yourself. May you free him from the walls and the limitations that has been placed upon you from the time that you were born of others. May you become free or as the Bible say, may you be made free by the truth. Not set free, but made free. May you find your path to walk upon. May you walk out your own soul salvation. May you eat from the the food that is being prepared for you spiritually from any teacher or preacher that you sit up under. May you eat the food that is right for you and that that isn't, you toss it and throw it aside. May you begin to ask spirit questions about what you are experiencing and be honest with yourself. Don't be afraid and ashamed or embarrassed to ask certain questions. And if someone to tell you, oh, you shouldn't think like that, then you never mind that person because they're not asking. And, and the scripture says, ask. So why would I be afraid to ask? You know, it reminds me of a story a friend of mine uh, told me just here recently. A fool will find its way while um, the the... The wise, well, I won't say wise, why the why another man who thinks they know everything won't. See, the fool will keep asking questions after questions till they reach their destination. But someone who who feels and thinks and knows that they already know everything, they'll keep walking and they'll miss their destination because they already know. Well, sometimes we have to play the fool and the fool will actually get to their destination. I'm not saying the story the whole way she presented, but that was the gist of it. Ask and ye shall receive. Knock. Don't give up knocking at that door. If you don't understand something, keep knocking. Trust me. Spirit will open up. Might catch you in your sleep, give it to you in a dream, or you might hear it in a song, read it on a beer billboard. You might hear it in a commercial, but nonetheless, it's the answer. Speak, spirit is always speaking. We're not always listening. And when spirit speaks, it speaks in a small, still voice. Can you hear when spirit is speaking to you? Not always through the preacher that you may love or, or, or your parents whom you adore so much. Spirit can send a word to you in, in an alcoholic, in a drug addict. Never give up on anybody because the same spirit that resides on the inside of you resides in everybody because spirit has no respect of a person. It chooses whomever it wills to be a voice for them, at, at for a voice for it at any time. But the moment you close the door because you looking at a person because they drink or get drunk, then you have sold yourself short. You don't know what it means to be my brother's keeper. You don't understand what it means to love thy neighbor as thyself. You have already looked down upon you because the way you look at somebody is the same way you are being looked upon. And you wonder why your life is like it is.
Don't accept somebody else's sin as your own. Don't accept sin because somebody say it is that. Ask spirit, what is this to you? Is it an experience? If it is an experience, get what you need from it, learn from it, and move on. Don't hold yourself hostage. You're better than that. You're awesome. You're learning now to move from the graveyard into your greatness because you were created for greatness. You were created to be a mighty seed upon this land that we live upon. You were created to bring forth great and mighty things. The mind is a wonderful organ. That's why they tell us a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Don't waste your time in getting caught up in what people call this or that and that and that. Get caught up in the things that will move you, that will catapult you into the destiny, catapult you into that which you came into the earth to be and to do. You chose to become flesh. You did. So make the best of it. Until next time, may life kiss you with its avalanches of abundance.